Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hi, Ben. Hi, Fernando. I'm also hanging out with Travis Irvine. How you doing, T.I.? Hi, Ben. We have a lot to get to today. We're going to talk all about infrastructure. We're going to talk about what's going on with the bloated United States military. It seems as if they just had a long weekend celebrating WrestleMania themselves, and the bloat is real. We'll also talk a little bit about what's going on in Minneapolis right now. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, it does. So we're going to discuss what happened with Kim Potter. She is evidently the police union head for her local police union in Minneapolis. She, uh, air quotes, accidentally shot and killed Dante Wright, a man who was pulled over because they said he had an outstanding warrant Evidently, the warrant or the request for him to appear in court was sent to the wrong address. Therefore, he was pulled over. And because of that, he lost his life. Absolutely horrible. We will discuss the ins and outs of that case and mourn because I don't know what we have to do in this country to have cops stop killing people. Good Lord Almighty. But before we get to all of that, and, and we'll cover a little bit more with Matt Gates, but basically y'all know the story. It's not getting better. As a matter of fact, <laughs> one GOP uh, member of the House, he said, well, he's fucked. And then they talked to him two days later and he said, well... He's royally fucked, oh. so it's not getting better for Matt Gates whatsoever. But before we get to all the heavy news of this week, let's talk about something slightly more fun and a strange moment of bipartisanism. Rick Perry, the moron from Texas, the dude who was the governor that could do no right, the man who ran for president, he looked like Ernest P. Worrell running for office. The man was so unbelievably incompetent, he wanted to cut parts of government he didn't even remember existed. Right. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Just Google Rick Perry. Oops. If you want to see what happened, Rick Perry is one of those politicians who wears nothing but three piece suits. And then as soon as he has to go to a campaign rally, he takes a limo to a pickup truck, changes into a flannel, drives the pickup truck one mile to the event, pretends to be a normal human being, gets back in the pickup truck, drives it to a limo, puts back on his suit jacket and goes about his business and does all of the nefarious deals that people like Rick Perry make. However, as I said, bipartisan Rick Perry, 
he is correct on one thing, and that is the use of magic mushrooms to help soldiers who have PTSD. Woo! It's about time. There, this is not an oops moment. This oops. is a thank you, Rick Perry, for your service moment. Absolutely. But of course, we have 2.2 million people roughly in prison right now solely for drug charges. So let's always keep that in mind as politicians go out there and, uh, and attempt to uh, rebuild their name or attempt to get back in the good graces of the American people. Never forget, these are the same folks who strongly suggested and strongly urged and then created legislation to put people in prison because of drug offenses. So there's no doubt there is hypocrisy here, but anything that moves the needle in the right direction when it comes to eliminating the war on drugs, we here at Abling and Stop at support. Absolutely. That, any news on this is good news. Get people out of jail for doing drugs. It just, prohibition just hasn't worked ever. And it's the first step. The The first step is legalization. Then the next step is expungement. Yes. You know, just like uh, we're seeing with a lot of criminal records being expunged for marijuana use. You know, so hopefully this is this is where it goes. It doesn't just stop there. Absolutely. So when I talk about bipartisanship, this is why Democratic state lawmaker Representative Alex Dominguez, he is the one who proposed this legislation. And all the legislation says is, let's do some research on psilocybin to see if it works. I've done some research myself. As a uh -huh. matter of fact, I just did some research in Las Vegas. And I have to say it works. <laughs> uh, it definitely will make you have a good time. Yeah. As someone who may or may not have provided you with uh, items for research, <laughs> I know that you had a good time. So this is actually very good. There have been already a plenty of studies that uh, looked into magic yes. mushrooms and the benefits. Obviously, I believe Oregon has uh, fully made Decriminalized. them. Decriminalized. Decriminalized yes. them. So, um, again, needles moving in the right direction. Always good. And uh, this study, it could really prove, I mean, we already know that uh, medical marijuana is uh, very heavily used by uh, former uh, veterans, uh, people who were in combat. It's, it, it has worked before. And I have to say, simply as an anecdotal conversation point, when it comes to marijuana use, my father, extremely conservative man, evangelical Christian, he has horrible arthritis and he has his entire life he had to retire early as a truck driver evidently his bones are fusing together Ugh. which i guess is not good that's why i don't have that's why i don't hop on every family call because they're always <laughs> like dad's bones are fusing together this month and i say you know what i got a business to run i gotta go <laughs> nonetheless my father a man who was prescribed opiates for the past 20 years who, thank God, does not have an addictive personality when it comes to um, opium or heroin-type substances. Finally, he is taking THC edibles. He loves the little weed chocolates. He has said his body feels better than ever. Yeah. So the fact that my dad, a staunch Republican, a staunch conservative, a staunch advocate, basically by proxy for the war on drugs. Right. Massive into Reagan. I think they voted for Jimmy Carter, got disillusioned and went went the other direction. You could make the same case. You know, Obama sort of had some people who really bought into the hope and change. And then when they didn't get everything they wanted, they went the other direction with right. Donnie. But the fact that my dad uh, is willing to now take a THC in an edible form because he realizes the benefits for his health. Again, anecdotal but a massive, massive step in the right direction. And we're seeing it all over this country as now we're seeing southern states begin to legalize weed as well. So it seems as if the magic mushroom, uh, the caboose, is coming in right after uh, the head of the train here. Of course, the head of the train being weed and uh, all the other, uh, I suppose, 
what do you call them? What do you call those things on trains? Drugs? No. <laughs> the cart? Cart, yes, absolutely. There's, the carts are oh, following. Oh, the train cars, yes. The train cars, yes, yes. Absolutely. There's a lot of anecdotal evidence to prove that uh, magic mushrooms, that psilocybin actually helps with a lot of things. Didn't it's, help me at the slot machines. I do have to say <laughs> that. Oh, yeah, don't the do slot that. machine was really big, but I lost a lot. <laughs> if you want to see it even brighter and dingier, <gasps> then it really helps. But anyway, yes, I'm but, sorry for no, that. No, no, it's, 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 it's true. It makes you happier. It helps with uh, people with uh, bipolar depression Absolutely. type 2 especially. Uh, they're talking about microdosing with this. Uh, people with cluster headaches and severe migraines. You know, they, there's some mm-hmm. anecdotal evidence saying that it helps with that. And these are conditions that are some, sometimes basically untreatable with yeah. any other, you know, any other medication. And you mentioned, and you mentioned headaches, you mentioned anxiety, or maybe perhaps you didn't mention anxiety, but anxiety is one of the uh, ailments that desperately needs to be cured. Specifically, again, when it comes to uh, soldiers returning overseas, the PTSD is extremely real. Look no further than the Chris Kyle story when it comes to PTSD and what it can do, what it can lead to, which inevitably is just uh, violence, whether it be self-harm or harm against another. So anything that can help people with emotional distress in this country, I am 100% on board with. As the nation opens up, so does the violence. And we're seeing that now uh, with more mass shootings as they're occurring. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit about Biden and some gun legislation he's putting forth. Will it happen? Will it not happen? It's Is it politically advantageous? It's a fascinating conversation that we'll continue to have over these next few months here. Anything that can help um, calm the mind of the people who are suffering is a net positive. You wonder if the person who shot Gabby Giffords, if Loeffler was able to, Loughlin, whatever the hell his name is, um, if he was able to microdose or something like that. I mean, the depression rates are high. And if this helps, that that would be absolutely fantastic. Of course, Rick Perry, being a conservative, sort of cloaking the idea of using magic mushrooms uh, as a benefit for your mental health under the military tent, uh, talking about soldiers and their PTSD. That's kind of your way into the conservative conversation. Yeah, because initially it's like. What? Right. You say magic mushrooms? I lost my son to magic mushrooms. <laughs> he hasn't come back in 13 years. Steve, t- Steve, that was Magic Mountain. Oh, yeah, dang yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, he god. just went there, didn't come back. Oh my god. But you get you get the foot in the door in the conservative uh world with the yo, these are soldiers. PTSD is very real. Maybe this helps. So this is what Rick Perry had to say. He says All of that properly done in the right type of clinical setting will save a multitude of lives. I'm convinced of it and I've seen it enough of and I've seen it enough in these young men. He goes on to say historically he's been a very anti-drug person, uh, but now he believes that uh, psychedelic drugs can be used in treating depression and PTSD. And despite the fact that Rick Perry is such an unbelievable douchebag, (laughs) we need these people on the side of ending the war on drugs. Yes. If Bill Crystal can vote for Joe Biden and I have a, I can't believe the Democrats are the party of Bill Crystal. I can support Rick Perry in supporting legalization of magic mushrooms. It doesn't matter all of the horrible policies that he has made in the past. If he can get this one right, when I see him, I won't shake his hand, but I also won't 
punch him in the shoulder. Oh, well, that's nice of you. You know, um, there's a lot of Republicans. We were talking about John Boehner before the show, former Speaker of the House, obviously. He is now very big in the the medical marijuana field. Oh, my God. In John Boehner's book, if you haven't read it, uh, <laughs> I was hanging out with uh, Travis Irvine and my friend Cena Gosnavi from Fraudsters, and Cena played us a little snippet of the book where John Boehner calls Ted Cruz a jackass. Basically, Boehner reads the entire book over a bevy of scotch, probably multiple body, uh, <laughs> multiple bottles over the uh, series of days it took him to record him reading his own words. And because he is getting hammered while doing it, he has these asides where he just calls the members of Congress that he hated jackasses and assholes. And it is, dare I say, unlike his smoker's breath. A breath of fresh air. There you go. It's hilarious. I believe the aside that <laughs> Cena played for us was uh, he read through that that part about thinking that Ted Cruz was a jackass, and then he threw in at the very end, P.S., Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, and, uh, so good for Boehner and Perry. A little... Uh, maybe a little too little too late, but it is nice to see them going the right way. And of course, as uh, Travis mentioned, Oregon is the or Oregon, Oregon, whatever you want to call it. It is the first state to, I apologize, legalize. Oh, they did legalize. Okay. Not just decriminalize. So I apologize. I was wrong on that. This is according to uh, psychotherapist Thomas Eckert. They, uh, he says we need options and this is a valid therapeutic option that could help thousands and thousands of people. So I am happy as a nation that we're having this conversation after 30 years of big pharma destroying our communities. You know, they say on average 66,000 people die per year because of opioids. And they say the vast majority aren't coming from the southern border. The vast majority aren't coming from uh, some weird dude in a trench coat outside of your Arby's. They are coming from a man or a woman in a white jacket. It comes with a prescription. And because of that, people assume it's safe, which is so unfortunate. That's why they die. Then you also have the kids going in, need five bucks. You got a pill. You can sell it for 20. Boom, flip it. You can make a lot of money off of these oxys. So all of that, that entire industry needs to be evaporated. Absolutely. You can see it every day. I remember in Ohio, I ran for governor in 2018, a huge opioid crisis, second in the nation only to West Virginia because of what the opioids had done to the Ohio Valley along the Ohio River, absolutely decimated these towns. And you're absolutely right, Ben. Once the prescription goes away, once the doctor goes away, what these people do is try to fill that void with uh, other illegal and obviously more harmful substances. So again, it. It's a step in the right direction. Yep. Good for Oregon. It sounds like Rick Perry maybe had uh, too good of a time on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> maybe someone slipped also, a little mushrooms. What, what's the rule for Dancing with the with the Stars now? Because the woman who killed her husband from Tiger King, Carol Baskins, she was on there allegedly. Um, allegedly, uh, she was allegedly on there, or she allegedly <laughs> killed her husband. She was really on there, and she really killed her husband oh, allegedly. Okay, <laughs> All of them, great. Why was Rick Perry on Dancing with the Stars? Did anyone want to see that pseudo-fascist dance? Apparently. Apparently the ratings were huge. And then and then he went and got the job as a Secretary of Energy in the Trump administration. And before you scoff at that, the Department of Energy, as I've said before, is the most powerful department in the United States government. No one thinks about it. They are in control of the nukes. They are in control of, I think people in Texas realize this now, how vital energy is and how when it's gone, 
Everything is gone. Oops. It's over. Texas also, by the way, ERCOT, uh, the disgusting company out there that overcharged people of Texas during the middle of one of the worst storms in there in modern history. Uh, they also just recently damn near screwed the pooch again because there was a massive storm that went through Texas and all of the power nearly went out again, just barely avoided another catastrophe because believe it or not, the weather people got it wrong. Yikes. That's why I always say the only two good things that come out of Texas is barbecue and Marcus Parks. Absolutely. <laughs> and a series of other wonderful people. That all being said, when it comes to psilocybin, it is still a schedule one drug yeah. uh, by the uh, at the federal level. So is LSD. So is marijuana. So is methamphetamine. So is ecstasy. So is peyote. So as Rick Perry and uh, and uh, Alex Dominguez, good for you for talking about this publicly. But it is a long ways away from being legal at a federal level. We're not even to weed yet. Biden needs more time which I don't understand. We are a long ways away from legalization. We are a long ways away from decriminalization. And it is important to remember that right now, someone is currently in prison or about to go to prison or about to, who just, or just took a mushroom and who's about to be detained and go to jail. Right. Uh, Stay home. Because these things are still very illegal. So it's fun. We have privilege. We can talk about, hey, maybe psilocybin's a good thing. Marcus is, is openly discussed. Marcus Parks, last podcast on the left, openly discussed. He's doing microdosing. It helps with his migraines. It helps with anxiety. All of that is great. All of that is awesome. But then we have to remember the flip side of that is there's a lot of people who are being punished for doing things that now doctors are recommending. Right. So it's it, a fascinating thing. And the doctors, by the way, are, are the good doctors. They're not the opioid doctors. They are the doctors giving out prescriptions for magic mushrooms. It, it sounds so cool to say out loud. It really does. I love that. I do think that Donald Trump's doctor that he went to when he got his physical in 2016. Must probably, have been on mushrooms. Well, probably on mushrooms or uh, perhaps he was uh, selling them. And if that's the case, I'll get a script for that, sir. Ooh. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, something far more serious, but of course, adjacent to uh, magic mushrooms, policing. Uh, policing in this country, as we've seen once again, is on full display in a negative sense, in a negative light. Uh, we just had another shooting in Minneapolis. I'm going to give the police head some credit for releasing the footage immediately. It, within 24 hours, Kim Potter, she killed Dante Wright. Um, she shot Dante Wright. He ended up dying, driving a multitude of blocks before hitting another car, because that's how you keep, keep the community safe. Shoot someone behind a wheel so they can drive and maybe hit a pedestrian. I do give them a little bit of credit in the wake or in the with the ongoing Chauvin trial. I'm happy they released the body cam footage as quick as they did. However, that being said, uh, that does little to relieve the pain of the family of uh, Mr. Wright and little to relieve the pain of the black community as a whole and little to relieve the issue of overplacing militarized police uh, in this country. We have got to address this issue. It must happen. 
And this is just another reminder, whether a black man dies because an officer kneels on their neck for 10 minutes or a black man dies because a white woman is so terrified of their very presence that they feel the need to tase them. And then they are so incompetent, they grab their gun and shoot him instead. The stem, the root of all of this is fear and the root of racism and the thing that fear creates, the flower of fear is racism. And that's exactly what we're seeing, whether it be a bias that somebody knows they have or unintentional bias. There is no denying the fact that she had Kim Potter. There was two other officers with her. The fact she had her gun drawn, even if she thought it was a taser. This man is 125 pounds soaking wet. You know, you have his license number. You have his ID. If he does flee, you know what? I think you'll be able to find him. If you have the right address, of course, this time, you know, because the whole issue with the warrant. But when you talk about Kim Potter, you know, uh, me and Travis were talking about this before the show. She served as the police union president in 2019. She had been on the department's negotiation team. She had worked as a field training officer for other officers. She was an exemplary officer. So when you talk about someone, Kim Potter, being afraid of what this, you know, 125 pound man was doing, she was supposed to represent the The best. The best of the The best. best The best. 26 year veteran. She'd been on the force longer than the man she shot had been alive. And we're going to play a a little clip here from Benjamin Crump. He is a lawyer. Uh, Now he's working with the Wright family. He's working with the Chauvin family. Uh, The man, you know, it's one of those. The, there is an economy behind suffering. Oh, and well, people like Benjamin Crump, he is going to make a, a pretty penny, which is really sad. It is what it is. And it reminds me of when I watched the Gloria All Red documentary where she was just kind of talking. It's like if you want to play with the big boys, you know, money has to be on the line. Otherwise, in this capitalist or sort of late term capitalist society that we live in, obviously, I'm a capitalist in its truest form. But in this sort of version of capitalism that we live in, without money, you have zero power whatsoever. So uh, Benjamin Crump will play a little sound from him here in a second. But I also just want to point out when it comes to Kim Potter, she pulled over with her with her uh, fellow officers, pulled over Dante Wright at 1130 in the morning. It's not 3 a.m. Right. This isn't the this isn't the shadow of darkness. This isn't uh, a time where someone is even likely to be deranged. Right. And Dante Wright was not drunk. He was not on drugs. I'm sure they, they've already done character assassination whatsoever. Uh, whatever they do, because he's a 20-year-old kid and human beings are human. And so everyone has goods and bads and that doesn't mean they deserve to die over a traffic stop. But that is another point to it where it's like, you think you're safe. You're driving. You have an altercation with the cops. At the very least, you're like, well, it's the middle of the day. Like, you would think that this would provide me some shelter. And even then, it did not work. And I don't care about the excuse that she wanted to use her taser and pulled her gun. Does she eat steak with a spoon on accident? These things cannot happen. They cannot happen. And also, I don't even think this suspect deserved to be tased. If he flees, he flees again. This isn't 1930s. This ain't Bonnie and Clyde. You'll find him, I promise you. Right. And, and as the, the quote from Benjamin Crump uh, that we'll play says, he said that of all times in American history, when, there, then the, when the Chauvin trial is happening blocks away, 
this was the one time, especially in Minneapolis, for police officers to be on their best behavior. And yeah. a 26 veteran, a 26 year veteran, could not even do that. So let's play this sound from Benjamin Crump here. This is what he had to say. I think he hits it on the head. When it comes to the just the overall, like, really? Just like, what? Now? <laughs> 10 miles away is the biggest trial in the country right now. Really? All right, let's play the sound. If ever there was a time when nobody in America should be killed by police, it was during this pinnacle trial of Derek Chauvin. And we believe with everything in our heart, Katie, that police would be on their best behavior, that they would exercise the greatest standard of care. But regrettably, two days ago, we saw Dante Wright. Okay, there it was. Benjamin Crump, uh, I think really nailing home the anguish and the, the shock, just the shock, shock. of the community. Just be like, I I thought we were going to have a three week reprieve at least. Right, right. It's it's like you it's I don't I mean, I'm going to make a joke here, but you get caught cheating on your wife and she's sitting there talking to you about don't cheat on me. And like another woman falls out of a cupboard. Like, yes, exactly. Right. Like, exactly. Like, what uh, can are we, you doing? Can we start now? Can we can, <laughs> we're not going to kill black people now. Right now. Okay, good. Here we go. Perfect. I'm not going to cheat on you starting right after you found out I was cheating on you right before this. <laughs> but now I'm done. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at discounttire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. So Kimberly Potter, Potter, she will be charged with second degree manslaughter. Now, of course, this case is going to be much more difficult to prove because, again, the footage from her body cam does seem to back up the story that it was an accidental shooting, which, again, accidents are fine in football and in horseshoes, but not when it comes to policing. I also don't fully understand why... I give people a lot of the benefit of the doubt. I don't believe that people are innately evil. I think that in order to be successful, ironically, you kind of have to be a good person. Right. I just don't understand why she would get out of the car at 1130 a.m. and just immediately go from zero to 10. Right. This is not, you know, this is not an ACDC concert. This is not. Uh, you know, we're not cranking this to 11. I just don't understand the mentality as a whole. And that shows you itself what the training must be. I mean, I don't know what the training is. I'm not being trained. All I know is when they come out, this is how they act. Officers. Right. So are, I would assume the training ain't helping out too much in these situations. 
um, you know, officers will always talk about this. And if you've ever been in a traffic stop, maybe, maybe I, when I get stopped, but they are, they always assume that you're in, you're a danger to them. They always assume that they're in danger. They always uh, try to stand away, you know, to protect yourself in case you try to rush them with a gun or something. Sure. So they don't, they, I mean, even if it is the middle of the day, they don't trust you. And so if you have well, some- And I have no problem with them hiding in, or standing in a strategic location behind your car or whatever to protect them. I don't find, yeah, protect your life. Right. You know, it's like, that's why, you know, we need an addendum on the don't tread on me flag where it's like, don't tread on me, dot, dot, dot. I won't tread on you. I understand that they're scared. Being a police officer is horrifying. I'm not stopping random cars on the street for a reason. That being said, you can't be the aggressor and you can't be the problem, right? There. You can't be the escalate escalator. You can't e- escalate. Yeah, I guess they are. I think it's the correct I use of that term. term. But you can't. You should not be or cannot be escalating these situations. No. And to our understanding, at this point, uh, Dante Wright did not have any weapons in the car. And uh, again, you look at the guy. You know, Jason Voorhees could pick him up with one hand and throw him against a tree. I mean, this guy is not exactly. Uh, not that it even matters if he was a if he was my size. Uh, because oftentimes, you know, that's what they did with uh, with the uh, with the kid out in Missouri, right? In St. Louis, Michael they're, Brown. Michael Brown. They're like, right. he was big, right? And, and it's Eric, like, yeah, big people exist. Eric so. Garner in New York City, exactly. He was so big and strong. It took eight of us. It's like, no, I don't think so. Any hoot. So she is being charged with uh, second degree manslaughter. We'll see what happens. Uh, this is according to the state agency. Of, uh, of Minnesota. They say agents with the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension this morning arrest, arrested a former Brooklyn Center police officer for the April 11th shooting death of Dante Wright. And again, attempting to look at the bright side of this extremely dark situation, it took, and I'm never, ever an advocate of any kind of violence, but it took three days of peaceful protests and then unfortunate riots before Chauvin was even detained. Right. You know, it took forever. I mean, people were waiting outside of his house. Right. Before the cops were like, I think they're really mad this time. Philando Castile, that could have easily popped off something similar, and dare I say it should have in some ways. Peaceful protests, of course. So the fact that they moved so quickly, getting the body cam footage out and making uh, an arrest for second-degree manslaughter, I suppose we could say that that's a bright spot. But when it comes to warrants for your arrest, and I've talked about this multiple times, I had a drinking in public in uh, in New York City. I was drinking on my stoop, didn't know you couldn't do it, got a $25 ticket. Next thing you know, I didn't pay it because I probably, I don't know, threw it on the ground and laughed because I'm so cool. <laughs> Next thing you know, eight years later, I played the Toxic Avenger for a trauma film. I'm walking through a turnstile, help a fellow through. I get pulled over with the cops. The turnstile violation doesn't matter. I have an open warrant. I'm going down to the tombs for 25 hours. So it doesn't mean that you're a bad person because you have an open warrant. We saw this in Ferguson where half of the municipality's funds, half of their revenue was coming from citations. Insane. The tax police have become an extension of the tax. And when police become an extension of the tax man with a gun, things get extremely dangerous and extremely hairy. And that's what we're seeing now. And we'll talk about uh, what does this mean going forward as far as the military budget as well? Because every time the military gets another budget, they have another surplus of goods. And that surplus goes to our local municipalities again, which is why my hometown of Stevens Point, Wisconsin, has a tank. 
and nothing has ever happened there. So Kimberly Potter, she is uh, detained right now, and I am sure the uh, the defense for her will be out there and they will be uh, defending her all the way through because this man had the audacity of driving with his girlfriend while not being completely white. His mom is white. <sighs> so, but he was just, I guess uh, he was, he was suspect enough and in Brooklyn center for just a little bit of perspective. Uh, I was talking to my buddy in Minneapolis. So it's 10 miles outside of Minneapolis proper. It is uh, more of an urban area uh, crime, I guess, has been sort of uh, Minneapolis is in a very precarious position right now with the police. The police don't really know what what their role should be. And apparently uh, Brooklyn Center is sort of a notorious spot um, for over policing and then also some criminal activity. So I guess it was a, a perfect storm. And again, the man, Dante Wright, has a little one year old baby. And uh, it's just a, a life is gone that doesn't need to be gone. And it's all over something so simple, such as grabbing the wrong utility from your belt. And it's just so sad. I mean, if you're the family of this guy, you're just like, what the hell? Like, it's just so needless and pointless. And there are no answers. Right. I mean, well, the, the answer is fixing the criminal justice system. Well, right. I, I mean, mean, but there's no answer, big for, answer. But there's no answer being like, how am I getting like, there's just nothing. There's not the answer is no, you don't get your kid back. The, right. You know, you talked about the role of police officers is they are peace officers. The role of police officers is not to be executioners. The role of police officers is not to be the judge deciding if you're guilty or not. So when there there is no reason in my in my viewpoint and in my understanding of how the law works, why a police officer should ever kill anyone. Right. That's not their job. That's not who they are. That's not why we chose and the, anything. No, that's why Judge Dredd is a dystopian film, or right. at the right. very least, in theory. In theory, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, um, when my other one of my other favorites, Wesley Snipes and Sylvester Stallone, Demolition Man. Demolition, oh, exactly. That's supposed to be a like dystopian look at the future. It wasn't supposed to be. We can't a touch. recipe. What's the difference between now and Demolition Man? We can't touch. Cops will kill you on the streets. Sure. Uh, Sandra, Bell Sandra Bullock is still super hot. Yeah, oh. that's a good point. Oh, so yeah. We're, we are in demolition, man. This in, is it. Indeed. And, uh, of course, if you look at some of the censorship that happens, um, such as on the app Peacock, <laughs> which is blurring the word shit. They're bleeping it. They're bleeping a word? Isn't it similar to demolition, man, when they tried to swear? Yeah. Uh, they were trying to do graffiti and they would paint over it. But of course, the freedom of speech is still alive and well in this country. I promise you. I'm doing it right now. Um, and again, just a little background on this fella. So it does not matter what he was charged with. When I say he, I mean Dante Wright. Evidently, he tried to rob a woman at gunpoint for $820. This man, again, he needs to he needed to be held accountable for that crime. One hundred percent. And he 100%. needed to perhaps be incarcerated for that crime. Sure. Right. But again, that does not mean the man dies in a car after being air quotes mistakenly shot by a cop for being pulled over for an open warrant. Not to mention there was a passenger in the car that very well could have been killed as well. So that is that story. And in Minneapolis, my heart breaks for them. And I really hope that uh, that city figures it out. Uh, evidently, Keith Ellison's son is running against uh, Jared. I think his name is Jacob Freeze. 
Um, he's running against the uh, the the current mayor of Minneapolis. Oh, uh, Keith Ellison's son is running against him, so it looks like he's probably going to end up winning that race because he is going to have a boatload of money behind him. Well, let's stay in policing for a little while, specifically when it comes to corrupt policing. We want to put a spotlight on this because, again, they have a badge, they have the power, they can take away your freedom, and the number one privilege in this world is just that freedom. Apparently in Boston, this is not about the church. No, this is about the head of the police Mm. union. Evidently, the head of the police union in Boston was known, everyone knew in 1995, he sexually assaulted a 12-year-old boy. The complaint was dropped and the department did nothing. As a matter of fact, the department promoted this dude, Patrick Rose Sr., to president of the police union, Ugh. despite the fact he, they knew he molested a 12-year-old boy. When we talk about systemic racism, when we talk about systemic problems in our culture, look no further than this. I'm watching the John Wayne Gacy documentary now, and you forget how traumatizing that was for young boys. We don't talk about young boys uh, nearly enough when it comes to sexual abuse. When we did foster care when I was uh, when I was 12 years old, oh. uh, we took in many, many boys who were molested. It, it, uh, I would try to do some quick math in my head. It was about... 50-50, if not a few more skewing for the boys. So it happens all the time. And the fact that it got covered up in Boston to the degree where not just the cover-up happened, not just like, Patrick, go retire, go work at the deli. They didn't just do they didn't do that. They promoted him. There Oof. was something extremely wrong there. And I don't know how any officer could look in the eyes of someone who you know is a pedophile. And not just immediately have a visceral reaction. Certainly not the reaction that would lead to a promotion. Good grief. I mean, it's almost like the Boston police is operating like the Catholic Church now because that's what they would do. They would promote people. They would move them to other uh, churches and things like that. Uh, This is a a disgusting story. Um, But again, it it, it goes along the same line of thinking that we've been saying. There's a certain set of rules for us and there's a certain set of rules for those in charge. And this is the perfect example. Absolutely. So he spent 21 years, this Rose, this um, this pedophile, he was a, a pro- patrolman for 21 years before becoming the head of the union. And he worked uh, apparently specifically with sexual abuse cases. Oh my God. So if you're a minor man, you can just, my God. You know, when we talk about prison reform, we talk about what leads you to prison. Imagine that. And this story isn't, this isn't a rare story. You're 10 years old. You were just molested. You go to the cops. You find out the head of the cop union isn't going to press charges because he's a secret pedophile. Next thing you know, you turn to a life of perhaps prostitution, a life of crime. Next thing you know, you have, a, you're, you're a drug mule, whatever it might be. Boom. Uh, next thing you know, you are incarcerated for 25 years. Find yourself in a wrong position, whatever it might be. Basically, like Matt Penn, like Matt Gates is right now because of something that he did, you are royally fucked by something that was done to you. And that is a gateway to prison that is not talked about enough and needs to be discussed. And I watch a lot of the, you know, sort of um, YouTube channels now because some of the prisoners have phones in there and they kind of secretly record. But man, anyone who says our prison system has gotten better is not paying attention. It's gotten worse. It's gotten more inhumane. Although the burritos do look good. It looks like you can make a pretty killer burrito with the commissary stuff. But the life that these people live, 
is something that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. And of course, again, if you're a dangerous criminal, that's where you belong. But the majority of people in there are not. You house them with dangerous criminals and what you've created is a powder keg. And then what you've created is someone who goes to prison for tax evasion, who ends up having to stab someone in prison. Next thing you know, they got themselves a murder charge and they're there for life. And that is how the business is run. You know what is scary to me about this story is that technically there's only one victim that came forward yes. that we know of. So especially after he got away with it, it's very possible that there was other victims. Oh, 100%. Well, and now, so the, the needle is moving on this. Mm-hmm. So evidently Rose has been, he is now facing 30 charges. Oh, wow. So things are moving in the right direction. The, he is facing over 30 charges of sexual abuse of minors aged, oh, this is so vomitous, seven Yeet. to 16. Well, he was given seven years old. He was given access to victims, obviously, by right. his work. You it's know, almost like Jerry Sandusky, uh, the, <sighs> the old coach at Penn State who ha- ran a program for poor urban kids to come mm-hmm. learn to play football at Penn State. <laughs> come get molested. And then he fully took advantage of them. And, and Jared Fogle, too, with his charity f- to help fat kids lose weight. And then he was taking advantage of them. Yep. So it is, uh, again, not to... Uh, not to toot too hard on this, but empathy is something we really need. And remember that the people who are oftentimes incarcerated come from these situations where they were damned if they do, damned if they don't. It's the right. system didn't support them. Uh, and then the system locks them up and the system gets paid to do so. It's a vicious, vicious cycle. And it has to end in this country. Will it? I don't know. Because there's billions of dollars involved. Oh, billions and billions every year. I, I mean, mean, even just, a, I'm sorry, go on. It is a pipeline. It's yeah. a pipeline of legislators who make new laws that people can get arrested for. They're paid off by the prison systems. I remember uh, the big story that came out when Trump's term first started with Jeff Sessions having connections to the private prison industry and who That's was housing right. all of those illegal immigrants that they are now arresting at the border. It was right. the private prisons. Right. You're absolutely right, Ben. There's billions to be made, and it only costs them a few million in lobbying. Uh, charges. You get a pretty good return, unlike, again, what happened when I was playing roulette well on mushrooms in Las Vegas. Turns out that's not called investing. That's no. called this chip looks really big and black, and it was $100. And then I was like, oh, I didn't know the number. I didn't know that number had any kind of meaning. I thought it was like, what's money? And whenever you're in Vegas, you don't want to you don't want to debate the concept of money and its worth. No. Because then when you sober up, you're like, that is a hundred dollars. <laughs> it was. That was a full tank of gas, is what that was. Anyway, so uh, we'll see what happens in this case. According to acting Boston Mayor Kim Janey, uh, she says this is appalling. She goes on to say um, there was a documented history of alleged child abuse. Yet this individual was able to serve out his career as an officer and eventually again become the head of the patrolman's union. For several years, she goes on to say, under no circumstances will crimes of this nature be tolerated under my administration and will not turn and I will not turn a blind eye to injustices as they arise. And if we can't get together on this, then our country is worse off than I thought. And I don't think we're doing particularly great right now. Well, you mentioned, um, Travis, the migrant facilities, so let's give a little bit of attention to what's going on there. Sadly, the only mainstream news that's covering it right now is Fox News because it makes Biden look bad. Right. And this is why you should never watch corporate media news, unless it's right here on Enabling His Top Hat, sponsored by Spotify. (laughs) Never 
watch it because it is paid to it is the only way that they can monetize is if it's binary coverage. That's how they've decided to break up the American people is through binary thought, because that's how you know you. You're, you know, if you the, the most important thing in a business is to know your audience. Once you know your audience, you can sell them everything right. and they will buy everything because you know what they want. And it's a it becomes a feedback loop. So the binary world of American media has led us down such a dark path for American journalism. And that is so sad as we see now more children in cages, more children coming to the border, less uh, protections being put in place. Biden has refused to overhaul the uh, Trump administration's um, restrictions on families coming. Family separation is still happening. All of these things are happening. I Where is, uh, not, uh, she's such a cliche, but where are the AOCs of right, the world? Right. Where are all these, where is MSNBC? Where is everyone that cares? Oh, they're gone. And where is the left? Oh, it almost seems as if they were simply uh, the dog being wagged by the tail. And the media is the tail. I'll never forget when Trump wanted to pull out of Iraq and all of a sudden people on the left were like, what about the Kurds? You haven't thought about the freaking Kurds ever. <laughs> and nor and, and the Kurds want you gone, by the way. The Kurds want us gone. Yeah. And now, of course, Biden is going to pull out of Afghanistan and su- supposedly by September 11th. And it's all good and great. And I actually think it is all good and great. I, yes, I also did not disagree with Nikki Haley and Donald Trump on that policy to get out of Iraq. I thought that was good because that is what I wanted to see, because that forever war must end. But when it comes to the coverage on the border right now, man, if you want to look at hypocrisy and if you want to look at mainstream media doing a massive disservice, not just to us in this country, But to migrants coming over the border, look no further than how they've covered the detention centers that are, again, owned and operated by private prisons that are making bank more money, more kids, more money, more kids. We also have the situation in South Dakota where Noem, the governor, she says, we're not taking in any immigrants. I've driven through South Dakota. You could add about 18 million. (laughs) This whole country isn't full. This country, please, God, come and populate this country. So when I drive through, ah, I got a gas station to go to. <laughs> Do any gas pumps work in this country? Seriously, we're empty. That's classic this Kissel. Na- this, na- this, but I'm telling you, this nation is a bag of chips, man. It is like half it's empty. Air. It's all air. Yeah. Like, please. So Noam, the, the, the South Dakota governor says, we're not taking in any immigrant children. Call me when you're an American citizen. I'm going to say the word bitch. Oh, okay. Okay. She is one. Wow. Because she is one. You can't, there is no pathway to citizenship. So the doors are closed. Right. So they say, let me know when you're an American. It is, it's like giving somebody an empty plate of food and just being like, let me know when you're full. I mean, unless it's the movie Hook and they can imagine really hard and have a good steak pork roast dinner or whatever. Right. But I mean, it's just, it, it is so ridiculous. And Biden, he put Kamala on this. And I don't know if that was a blessing or a curse for her, because right now, as she, uh, you know, hangs out with her extremely wealthy husband, which all do you, whatever that is. But we got work to do on this border and she better start doing something. Or what's the resume in 2024? 
Oh, good grief. Yeah, the, the conservatives, Fox News, they will replay this ad nauseum. I mean, look at the 2022 elections coming up. That's going to be a big indicator. But, you know, uh, uh, Fernando and I were, were speaking at some point about this. The illegal immigration issue for conservatives is just it's a home run for them because you're not necessarily doing the full on racist dog whistle. Um, but they they're doing it under the guise of well we only dislike the illegal immigrants that's right. right and that's how they do it and the nice thing is we can make all brown people illegal this is working out perfect oh. right. well no it's not slaves we're criminals uh-huh. number one right. and they're not undocumented they're illegal oh. this right. is perfect right exactly it's all about the language you use uh, you know making sure that you can control you said like the media creating that in physics and chemistry it's called potential energy mm. creating that space between two things so that there's really a you know there's a change in energy when 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 people are separated when there's a binary thinking so they they use those words like illegals rather than undocumented or asylum seekers or refugees you know something something more accurate that just happens to coincide with humane right absolutely so that's what's going on on the border i I wish that we, I, you know what? I'm going down there. <gasps> You're going to go down there yourself, Senator Ted Cruz? That's right. I'm going down there. I'm going to put on my best wingtip shoes. Uh-huh. El Paso is actually very beautiful, Ben. I, I grew up about 30 miles north of there. Well, you know I'm going to go down to El Paso. Yeah. El Paso, Texas. That's where it's at. It's a beautiful place. If anyone's in Texas, go I'm see it. I'm trying to learn a little bit of Spanish. Oh, and we should take some magic mushrooms with Rick Perry and <laughs> oh my get God. down there. You know, to be fair, Rick Perry, it would be nice to take shrooms so you could see him turn into a demon, but then also be like, that's kind of an interesting story, devil. Because <laughs> you know that. he's got some tales. Also, don't forget Rick Perry's vacation spot was, was oh, uh, we, N. Yeah, we can't. A series of letters... Head I, Ranch, uh, Edward Ranch. That was Bush's and Rick Perry's. That's like their governor retreat, right? Anyway, all right. Well, thank let's you, talk. Texas. Let's talk. You know what? In many ways, though, thank you, Texas. Thank because you, Texas. I, that's the thing. The people of Texas are great. Everyone I've talked to in Texas agrees with John Boehner. Fuck Ted Cruz. Right. <laughs> Everyone agrees. Everyone is great. And then you look at the legislation, and you're like, that doesn't match up with the people. Oh, that's right. It's corporate interest. Right. right. That's right. That's why when I talk to people about politics, they're like, I don't really get it. And I'm like, you do. Ah. It doesn't make sense because there's so much money on the line. So the amount of maneuvering that these people do philosophically is so asinine that if you do understand it, you will have to think that you don't. Because if that's what's happening, what are we doing here? This is why you need <laughs> magic mushrooms to even make sense <laughs> exactly. of any of it. I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> Does it help Walmart? Does it help Amazon? Then and, there you go. And you know <laughs> you know, it's a sad time because, as I mentioned before in this show, the Walmart CEO was almost crying because they can't compete with Amazon. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, Mr. Walton. <laughs> Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. 
Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When Freedom Calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest-cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk, text, and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Anyway, let's talk about this, and I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this. So Joe Biden is pushing forward. Uh, with some gun reform legislation. Again, the Second Amendment is not going anywhere, I promise you. Uh, but this is just some of the legislation that's being pushed forward by Joe Biden right now. And I want to hear your thoughts, whether do you think this is good or do you think this is, uh, a, and when I say good or bad, I mean politically, in 2022. Uh, so Biden last week re- reiterated support for restricting assault-style rifles and high-capacity magazines. This is history repeating. This is very mid this I'm sorry. This is very mid 1990s. Uh, obviously, the assault uh, the assault rifle ban was allowed to lapse, which is why we don't have it right now. It lapsed under George W. Bush. But this is what uh, POTUS had to say. He says we should also ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines in this country. For the 10 years we had it done, the number of mass shootings actually went down. There's no reason someone needs a weapon of war with 100 rounds, 100 bullets that can be fired from that weapon. Question is, I see you got your Libertarian Party shirt on, Mr. Irvine. I see that you are Fernando. (laughs) What do you think this plays out? How How do you think this plays out? Well, I would just like to say it's laundry day, so uh, that's why we got down to the Libertarian Party shirt. It's a little too small on me now. Um, oh, and of course, getting... the Green Party shirts don't exist. They're just paper bags. <laughs> um, well, that's, honestly, that would be nice if they were. Authentic. Yes, that's why Jill Stein, you never saw a sign or a t-shirt because it was bad for the environment. Thanks, I'll, Jill. I'll never forget when I saw Jill Stein when I was working at Fox News. I chased her down and I was like, Jill, I need a picture. And she was with her daughter. Oh, and I must say, her she's a it's a beautiful family. That's all I'm saying. Beautiful, okay, it's love a beautiful the Steins. family. Love the Steins. I remember when Jill Steins and her dog came to campaign for the Green Party candidate in 2018 in Ohio, and not for me. Gary Johnson was nowhere to be found. He was out biking and taking magic mushrooms. Probably, <laughs> let's be honest. He was stoned quite a bit. Yeah. But either go way, on. so um, again, this uh, to like you said, Ben, the Second Amendment is not going anywhere. Um, This is another thing that, you know, in the weeks past, as we've been talking about gun violence and gun legislation, um, these are very small teeth. Mm -hmm. These are just all very small teeth, taking little nibbles at the apple. Um, Like you said, as we already had in this country, the question is, will your Joe Manchins, will your uh, Republic, you know, the 50-50, it's a slim majority there in the Senate. I don't know if this goes anywhere. I have to put on my cynics cap. Mm hmm. I don't think that it will, and I'm not saying that I don't believe that it should, but I don't believe that it will because what, unless they figure out what to do with the millions of gun owners right now, that's my, and it's not my only concern, but one of the pushback, some of the pushback is, so if you do an assault style ban, you have now just created felons out of millions of Americans. Right. And that could lead down a slippery slope because again, and I am saying this and I am reacting and my idea is stemmed from fear. To be honest, I am scared what they will do when you take away their guns, because I know what happens when you try to take my Salisbury steak when I'm in seventh grade, I'll stab you with a fork. (sighs) 
because I'm eating that steak. Right. But that's not an AR-15. So how do you get the AR-15 out of the hands of somebody who wants to hold on to it and then has the gun? That is my only issue <laughs> is it's so easy to write it down. It is so easy to say assault rifle ban. It's so easy to say high capacity magazine. Why do you need 100 bullets? How bad of a shot are you? Right. Are you are you that character from Dumb and Dumber? Are you Jim Carrey where he can't shoot the guy and be like, you're a horrible shot. I don't think anyone needs any of that crap. But that being said, how are we going to get that out of their hands without them channeling their own Charleston Heston? And uh, living the sentence from my cold, dead hands. I don't know what you're going to do, Ben, because, um, uh, OK, so I'm going to I'm going to talk a little bit about Mexico, but guns are illegal in Mexico. Oh, OK. Right. And so no, no citizen, no regular citizen can have a gun. What that means is that the people that do have guns are the cartels and the paramilitary. And what that means is that citizens just get slaughtered. You right. Know, you know, so right. that is I, I hear I see the fear. I all my gun toting friends. I know what they're thinking. You're going to take away our guns. And then the the only people with guns are going to be the military and, you know, the gangsters. And we're all dead. And and, and the and the militarized police, yeah, which, and, of course, we can't. Which is why, again, these these things, I think, often shatter the mind because you're trying to hold two truths at once where I don't want the public to have weapons of war at the same time. The public does need to defend itself from a militarized police force <laughs> that is actively killing civilians. Right. It's it's a multi-edged sword. But go on, Fernando. Uh, I mean, so the reality is, I mean, I mean maybe like a, I mean, it, this is very hypothetical, but you ban, you, you, you actually somehow actually do ban these assault rifles and then you tell people, okay, you have 10 years to bring them in. Or else at the end sure. of the 10 years, you're going to face criminal charges. You know, I, I there is some ideas, but will it be effective? Probably and, not. And, and Fernando, that is a great point. Give it some time. And of course, what happens within 10 years? Two presidential elections. Exactly. Uh, five House exactly. runs. Uh, Senate races. And you know the NRA is going to be pumping plenty of money into those primaries and races. And of course, the NRA, one of the most corrupt nonprofits in the world. And that's exactly what I was going to talk about. To me, these changes uh, that, you know, that Joe is trying to implement, Mr. Biden, Senor Presidente, Ooh, is, senior like, president. is like, you know, puffin bites. Uh, puffin has bit me and it's a little bit scary, <laughs> but it doesn't oh, actually do anything. Fernando, I would just like to say what you've said about me and my bite. I took to heart, Fernando. And next time I clamp down, Fernando. I was holding I'll jerky. Never, I was I'll holding never jerky. Let go, Fernando. <laughs> oh, you, never. You woo today. <laughs> Fernando, you're going to woo. Then you said, I don't have a strong bite. I don't have teeth, but I'm going to gum you. I'm going to gum you. I'm going to gum you. But, you know, I mean, I had I, I it was my fault in this example. I was holding jerky. It's my fault. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, never do that. But, you know, it's it's what I'm saying. It's like it, it, it seems scary. It seems like he's going to make a change. But in reality, it's, it's a puffin bite. Nothing really happened. Nothing yeah. really happened. But of course, what will be happening, as Travis alluded to, is political attack ads. Oh, yeah. This is according to Morgan Jackson, a North Carolina-based Democratic strategist. Uh, this is what they had to say when it comes to the strategy uh, in 2020 that will be used by the Republican Party. They say uh, there's a Second Amendment campaign every year. They said for eight years that Barack Obama was going to take away our guns. Nobody's guns got taken away. And they're saying the same thing about Joe Biden now. 
And this is me talking, not just did no guns get taken away under Obama, they <laughs> skyrocketed. There were more guns on the streets after he left than when he took office. Think of that, what you will. Uh, this man goes on to say again, Morgan Jackson goes on to say, the cake's already baked on that. In rural North Carolina, folks who are concerned and listen to the NRA messaging and buy into that, they buy into it 12 months out of the year, regardless of whether a bill moves to the floor or not. North Carolina has a lot of gun owners, and you have to be smart about it. Uh, the NRA has reportedly spent $2.5 million in attack ads just against Senator Kay Hagan alone since 2014 um, because they think that uh, she's a member of the uh, out-of-control gun groups or a uh, someone who is an advocate for, ironically, they call them liberal billionaires. And uh, despite the fact that money knows no political party, uh, they control us all constantly. And they love that MSNBC is now basically Republican light. It's just the Bush administration moved over. They air quotes it uh, as liberal. Fox News is Fox News, a series of different uh, dystopian ideas, really a hodgepodge of weekly world news stories. Extremely engaging to watch. But should you ever take the five, their crap show at five? Seriously? No. And then CNN, obviously, as we continue to see the erosion of trust within their corporate brand, because the powers that pull those strings are so obvious, it's so easy to see. The powers that pull the strings are the same, and the powers that pull all of those strings are thrilled with the new military budget. They're going to make a lot of money off of that. And that's really what starts it all. You know, the, the United States is a war obsessed nation you obsessed. look at our budget you look at where that machinery goes once the pentagon has no more use for it it goes like you said through the 1033 program to our local municipalities from top to bottom whether you're a cop or a resident this nation is obsessed with guns killing and war well that's why we have a mini cold war in every single suburb across this country and every other country across the world yeah so when it comes to the military, by the way, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with Joe Biden's new budget. It's the biggest budget in American history. It's much larger than the one that Trump passed. However, it's still not as large as the Republicans would like it. Yes. But um, we're damned if you do, damned if you don't, which is why this nation at best is center right. This is according to Robert Reich. I don't like Robert Reich particularly. Uh, it's more of a height thing than anything. I just find him to be a little overbearing, he's to be honest. Short. And he's partisan. <laughs> he's I, too he, short for you. He is, but he's binary. He's partisan. And whenever True. you're partisan, you're half wrong all the time. But this is something interesting when it comes to military spending. So we're spending $740 billion. So that is $740 billion every year. That's what the Pentagon is spending. That is $200 billion every day. And as you've been listening to this podcast, it is $1 million that we spend on the U.S. military every minute. So and we have spent about $60 million since you've been listening to the start of this podcast. $60 million. And yet we can't get uh, any freaking money to people who are suffering right now or pulled teeth to get the $1,400, which again will be double taxed even though it's already our money they're going to retax it i don't see how that's not a constitutional violation of a double tax but that's just me so the new military budget is uh 740 under trump it was 704 so we have ourselves a 36 billion dollar increase in the united states military 
And the Republicans wanted it to be even more. I remember uh, some Republican senators put out a statement. Of course, Lindsey Graham was part of that group. Also, Marco Rubio. Lindsey Graham, are you here with us? Ham and biscuits, y'all. Ham and biscuits, y'all. But it is not enough for them. Uh, Trump's projected budget for this year was going to be larger than what uh, Joe Biden actually put forward. Therefore, uh, infuriating uh, these Republican senators. What they specifically cited was China. They said we need more money that, put okay. into China, and that, and you can even see with Biden's new uh, Secretary of Defense, that is what they are ramping up. But the amount of money, as we have established before on this show, whether you're a progressive or a libertarian, this money is the or a fiscal conservative, or just a, a good old fashioned fiscal whatever conservative, whatever the hell that means, whatever anymore. that means anymore. Um, this is just so much money, and it's your money. It's taxpayer, it's the United As, States taxpayers' dollars, and this is what we spend it on. And we mentioned the arms race in a, in a nuclear capacity. Obviously, that's what we had here in the nation for 50, 50 some odd years. But now we're in an economic arms race. We're in an economic race with race, the Chinese. Yeah. And uh, it is, will there ever be a war in a traditional sense with the Chinese? I don't think so. No, but the economic no. Yeah, to some degree, economic violence, if you look at at how it translates to the streets of Hong Kong. Sure. You know, if you look at that, that is the new um, anything you can do, I can do better. And everything that they're doing is taking our money and spending and allocating it in ways where they think this is going to shock the Chinese or shock the Russians, which are just the Russians, in all honesty, are their shit. Like they're nothing. <laughs> At the push comes to shove, right. we could we could eliminate Russia in a damn heartbeat. I mean, California has a bigger GDP than Russia. Yeah, exactly. So. Russia is like the size of Iowa, but the Chinese and the Americans economic arms race. It's happening right in front of our eyes, and it's happening with the military budget specifically. And uh, yeah, what what's the end game? Why do you buy toys unless you're going to play with them? Right. And in this case, these toys are extremely destructive. However, there is a bright spot. When I say bright spot, I mean a bald spot. I'm talking Bernie Sanders. Uh, so Bernie Sanders, he is uh, he is the budget committee chair. This is what he had to say. He says, uh, actually, you can maybe do it. He says he has serious concerns. I have serious concerns. Very good. Here, you can just read that quote about right. it's right there. We can yeah. go back. I'll he read says, the uh, Rick Perry quotes in a dumb uh, mushroom mushroomed out voice too. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. We have our own little. And before we can get James Adomian to do it, we have Travis Irvine. <laughs> I have serious concerns. About the proposed $753 billion, with a B, budget request <laughs> for the bloated Pentagon, with a B, a $12.3 billion increase compared to the last year of the Trump administration at a time when the U.S. already spends more on the military than the next 12 nations combined. Woo! It is time for us to take a serious look at the massive cost, overruns, and waste and fraud that currently exists in the Pentagon. I'm going to end with my own voice because I completely agree with Bernie Sanders. Progressives and libertarians Absolutely. have always agreed on this issue together. You could cut that military budget down to right where the Chinese is. 120, 150 billion if you really wanted to, if you really wanted to make the Absolutely. argument that that's who you have to keep up with. And then, like Robert Reich says, as a good progressive, you could either pump that money into programs to give them back to the people, or if you're a libertarian, you could just cut that funding and put it back into people's pockets because it's their money at the end of the day. You just not tax it, you know? Exactly. Yeah, just don't tax Absolutely. it. Oh, lordy. Well, and you mentioned progressives. Uh, the uh, Congressional Progressive Caucus chair is uh, Pramila Jayapal. Uh, she's a Democrat out of Washington. Uh, she's a Democrat out of Washington. She says, we're in the midst of a crisis that has left millions of families unable to afford food, rent, and bills. But at the same time, we're dumping billions. I always love the burning of billions with the B. 
Let's because wait. it does send it home. Uh, we're dumping billions of dollars into a bloated. I love that they're continuing. You can tell like the key word was like, say the word bloated, please. Bloated. Because at the very least, Americans can understand that because right. we all are <laughs> bloated. Uh, we are dumping billions into a bloated Pentagon budget. Don't increase defense spun- spending. Cut it and invest that money into our communities. And I could not agree more. That is my money. I pay a shitload of taxes and I'm not complaining because I've been hashtag blessed. But I want my money going to people, not to bombs and not to um, not to the military industrial complex that at the end of the day is doing nothing but uh, it's doing nothing but but having their having their products come home to roost in a right. negative way. And speaking of which, I must mention once again my hatred of robots. And I know I'm going to disagree <laughs> with Fernando on this. But the New York robot police dog was spotted once again, and I did see a video how to disarm it. But Fernando, I understand that you don't like this police dog, because if you did, I would have to throw you out the window. But um, (laughs) I do understand that you like robots, though, and I I love that your position. I love your position. And I and maybe you could express it. Well, you you know, I had before I I set you up horribly, by the way, (laughs) I literally set him up like I'm going to put you in the grave for 10, 10, 10 feet in the grave. And if you could just come up to the ground, Uh that'd be great. But no, because I think you make a great point about UBI and things like that when it comes to automation, which is I know shocking the wave of the future. FTP fight the power. I am against the robot dog. I am against, you know, the chappy scenario, the South Africa, you know, robot police. That is not I am. I am so not fascist programming of robot dogs. <laughs> I am completely anti that. But I am very pro-robot. You know, I am very pro-robot. Even even if I'm going to go ahead and defend the robot dog, this, Whoa! Yeah, Whoa! Like, there's a lot of things that this robot dog could handle that a lot, you know, that we don't want to put a police officer in. And also the robot dog doesn't have a gun and it'll definitely not confuse a taser for a gun. And so it won't. Fernando, it, this is perfect. Oh, I puppy. can't believe that you would want to replace me with a robot. And you think that my bite is soft. You wait until you get bit by a robot, and then your leg is gone, and your arm is gone, and next thing you know, you're a cyborg, and the only one that you have to bit is me. Puffin, with robots, we don't have to work anymore, Puffin. It's okay if robots I don't work now, (laughs) Fernando. You know, and and what Ben was talking about is... um, I am pro-robot because I am pro-automation. I do believe that there's a lot of jobs that people don't have to be doing, a lot of very dangerous jobs that people don't have to be doing. Obviously, how you know if a robot takes your job, what are you going to do? Universal basic income. This is where everything, it, the, the utopia isn't just one, you know, one thing. It's a phase of a lot of things. As an industrial engineer, you're taught, which is what I, what I was educated in, is you're taught the, the true the true gain in automation with the advances in technology that we have now, there's millions of people that don't have to be working, that don't have to be starving, that don't have to be doing the things they're doing. If we would just better implement technology, you know, and I completely agree with you. I am concerned that we're not going to get the component that is key, which is the the UBI. UBI. 100. Because otherwise we live in a dystopian John Carpenter. I just rewatched. They live last night. Nightmare. Sure. And you don't know, forget about so, Escape from New York and, and Escape it, from L.A. Exactly. I, uh, Escape to Missouri. Oh. That's uh, that's the sequel. It's extremely boring. <laughs> that's the sequel to the sequel, which I think is called the threequel. Oh. I feel the same way, because uh, I agree with you. I think that automation is inevitable. Uh, do 
I, I think that people have, if the more time that people have to work on their own entrepreneurship with Etsy, whatever it might be, that's why I try to support all of those people the best I can. Because if you are your own boss, you'll never work a day in your life, even though you're going to work every day, but you'll be in charge. Right. And oh, the idea of not having to deal with the boss uh, is just a fantastic <laughs> idea that all of us constantly strive for. But the problem is, I just don't know if we're going to get the key which is the UBI. It's the same thing that I feel about the Electoral College. I was talking to my friend again, Sina Gosnavi. We were talking on their way uh, to Las Vegas. I want to keep, I think the Electoral College needs to stay in place solely because the popular vote uh, would only work if there was a rank choice voting. I don't know if that will happen. And I, I see your, so we'll just make this point. So if it is a popular vote outright, I believe we live in a nation that is, there is a propensity for fascism, and if it is a popular mm-hmm. vote, yes. the politicians are going to only campaign campaign in massive city centers, sure. and they'll leave a large swath of the population un, uh, unaccounted, un, for. Un, unaccounted for and unrepresented. Now, in a perfect world, of course, I think that that would be great if we did a popular vote with rank choice voting, because then you could get an appropriate um, understanding of what the American people wanted. Would it also be a first past the post system in that way? In other words, does the, does the person have to get over 50 percent or do we do it the way it is now where you can win the presidency with 43 percent as, as Bill Clinton did in 92? Or you can win the presidency, hell, for as little as 33.4 percent if you're running against three other people, you know. So there's just a lot of issues and there's a lot of things that would have to be solved with the popular vote that I don't know if we will do right and then my big concern is we have Trump 2.0. Yikes. And next thing you know, he's ending up, you know, God knows what happens. You know, that's my only concern. But I totally understand the Electoral College also disenfranchises millions of Americans because their vote doesn't matter whatsoever in the large city exactly. centers. So that's so I understand both sides. So a popular vote with ranked choice voting plus a 50% threshold would work. But then the question is, do they do that? And my answer is, they haven't done anything right yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's my only problem with it. So I just, it, is the EC, is the Electoral College kind of, the the Electoral College isn't broken. It's functioning exactly as it should. But, of course, the results aren't always as people would want, as we saw with 80,000 people in 2016, dictating the election, regardless of the fact that Hillary won by 3 million more votes. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that I am completely lost. I uh, got lost about automation and UBI, <laughs> but I uh, I appreciate this uh, this riveting debate between Fernando Puffin and Ben, brought to you by Magic Mushrooms. And Are you on mushrooms now? I may or may not have had the leftovers from Vegas uh, before this episode. Um, <laughs> Let me see your pupils. Uh, oh my God, your face is an eye. Oops. <laughs> Rick Perry. Oops. But uh, you guys are making a lot of great points, and I would be remiss if I did not mention that Andrew Yang, who has talked about mm-hmm. automation, how automation is inevitable, and how UBI is also a, a preferable government policy of getting people their taxpayer dollars back, and then they can use them in any way they see fit. Um, Andrew Yang uh, has Dave Chappelle campaigning for him now Woo. for New York City mayor. So much better celebrity than a lot of the other celebrities the cele- that came out in 2016. I'm <laughs> yes. like, because yeah. he also, it's so funny. The only time I saw people get mad is when he had like Amy Schumer campaigning. Uh. And then I don't think she is anymore because uh, people 
what you put into the world is what you get back. Although some, not all the time. And you, I'm just saying, sometimes people are mean and then people are mean to them. And then again, it's a vicious cycle. It's a that's vicious very diff- cycle. difficult to break that all of us have been in. You know, I remember when I was like, why is everyone mean to me? And then they'll be like, you're a total asshole. I'll be like, oh, I guess you're mad at me too, huh? All right. But any hoot. So Fernando, final, final uh, thoughts on automation. And uh, I, we sort of extrapolated out on the, uh, on the popular vote, but. It's it, it's it's exactly what we're talking about. You know, uh, these things are very utopian ideas. Yes, but they they're real. I yeah, they're, they're I not they're not like a, a science fiction utopia. They're real. We have we have the technology. I mean, if we allocated taxes better, we have the money. It, your idea, which has blown my mind several times that you've talked about it, Ben. Why doesn't Google and Facebook pay a UBI? They definitely you, they should you, pay you, us. That's a, they that's should a pay everyone brilliant, for the data. Yeah. Brilliant idea. So, so if you're listening to this right now, and maybe you think that we're just a bunch of non-conservatives, look at the money and how the money is being. The money is there. The oh, tech, absolutely. The technology. This is, and also, this is the, the conversation about a UBI is not partisan. No, I. I have, this has actually been bipartisan proposed from both parties. I have conservative friends who love the UBI absolutely. idea right now, especially the Yang Coalition is fascinating. It's a fascinating coalition, and and again, you know, uh, Ben and I used to live in New York City. Democratic politics is king. So if Andrew Yang gets that uh, wins to the Democratic primary for it's mayor, over. it's over. He will be mayor of New York City. Although, and you're gonna... did you see uh, Rudy Giuliani's son might run for either mayor or governor. Uh, so the, the one that Chris Farley played <laughs> yeah. in the 90s. It ain't <laughs> happening. It's not happening. The Giuliani name is, uh, I don't think it's a political winner, but what the hell do I know? You see, I didn't know that about UBI. I really thought it was more of a more of like an alternative lifestyle belief. I didn't know that re- that it was a Yang. A, Yang brought it on. Well, uh, I know him, but. very big time. I mean, honestly, right. him him putting that forward in 2019 and 2020 throughout the Democratic oh primary. Oh my god, fascinating idea. Um, and again, you look at some of the things you're talking about. How automation is inevitable. You you talk about our bloated with a B Uh-oh. Uh, budget uh, just in general. And you think about how that could be simplified with something like a UBI. It's a fascinating conversation. And again, talking about bipartisanship, which is the theme of today. You know what else is bipartisan? Poverty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a 100%. lot of poor whites. There's a lot of poor Hispanics. There's a lot of poor blacks. There's a lot of poor people in this country and it's only getting more. So, and, and the people who are on the chopping blocks of automation are those people. Exactly. And the chopping blocks of the war on drugs, you know. So when it comes to uh, getting folks together, there's no reason why they shouldn't come together. Demand a UBI. Big tech needs to sponsor it. Of course, how you do that is by taxing big tech. It is what it is. I hate taxing, but I don't mind taxing corporations because they use our data and they make a hell of a lot of money off of it. So give us our freaking money back. Mark Zuckerberg is a Billionaire with a B from with a B with a B bloated B bloated B from what you from you from you logging in and just type in so your day and so how do they keep control through all of these horseshit social wedge issues talking about transgender people talking about illegal immigrants talking about all of these things that yeah of course these things are part of a conversation but they have been used to frack us and they've been used to divide us. And then people, as we've talked about before on this show, Schottenfreud being like, I, I could use 500 bucks, but if my fucking neighbor gets $500, I'm going to be living. <laughs> He's a jobless loser. I don't want him to get that $500. It's a race to the bottom. And so we need to accept the fact that 
the big industries that are killing our jobs also need to replenish our pockets. And then exactly. because we have that, exactly. what else do you get when you have money? You get agency, you get autonomy, and you get the ability to build a life for yourself in this country. So, yeah. I, And it's not liberal, conservative, left or right. This is just human. And uh, just don't be so I was talking. We were talking with our good friend, Mike, and uh, I love Mike, but it's just so sad because, you know, he is upset and distraught and all of the emotions he was talking to us about. We were like, you are the perfect audience for TV news for buying. They want news. you upset. They want you mad. They want you confused. And they do that because they only give you half a story. And then when you go and get the other half of the story, you realize the entire thing that they're talking about is bullshit. The whole story is bullshit. I mean, there's a great documentary on the Appalachian people, which I watched. Mm, Poor, right. I mean, you know, you talk poverty about is very disenfranchised Americans. Exactly. Talk about that. Well, we will talk about disenfranchised Americans, and we will talk about how to create a better union throughout uh, the next 50 years. <laughs> it's going to take a while, folks. <laughs> All I know is I want a Ben Kissel day one day, uh, and a Fernando, and a Travis Irvine day, because apparently there's a Missouri legislator who wants to make a Rush Limbaugh day, which I guess is the day that you take a bunch of oxy. And, uh, <laughs> and then and, uh, yell some racist things. Yell racist things and then laugh about how people die of AIDS. I don't know what you do on Rush Limbaugh day, but he wants to make it Rush Limbaugh day. Who wants to, like who? I'm who, not going to say, I don't know what jackass from Missouri. Yeah, but who encouraged him? No one. You see, that's exactly see, that's, that's no that's one. Right. A suggestion from nobody. I know. Okay, I was talking about this. I have a friend who grew up with Rush Limbaugh. They yeah. went to high school with him. They hated him in high school. My friend is not Robert a Mac. Shock. Mac used to talk about how they used to pick on Rush and make fun of Rush. So who they created the monster? Who in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, is like we gotta honor Rush Limbaugh? Mac could have just invited him to one sleepover <laughs> and then Rush would have been a better person <laughs> and he, he could have saved the world for good, used his talents for good. What does that make Sandra Fluke? Not a slut. Oh, that's very Thanks, nice. Rush. Reformed Rush Limbaugh. The Sandra Fluke. That is a that's 15 years ago. That Ugh. reference is 15 years old. Do you know Sandra Fluke? Uh, it is so. No, old. Yes, it's, it's very familiar. It was a birth control thing. It was so long ago. But it's very good. All right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. Uh, and hang in there and get involved in local politics. As we always know, things can change. And uh, let's try. Let's shoot for the utopian future. And then hopefully get some kind of topian? I Topia. don't know. Just not dystopia. <laughs> Topia. Sure. All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.